big thanks to our title sponsor, Blooming Smiles Pediatric Dentistry. Dr. Arpita Patel has a beautiful, modern, and upscale pediatric dental office in Charlotte, North Carolina. She and her experienced staff treat children of all ages and special needs patients. They create a comfortable, stress-free, and memorable dental experience for both the child and parent, starting with earning your child's trust and always catering to their individual needs. They're proud to offer the Waterlays Plus laser system they call Princess Poppy. It's an alternative method, which means no injections, shots, or drills. They genuinely share kindness, patience, compassion, and fun. Who you calling crazy? Welcome to Who You Calling Crazy. This is a unique mental health podcast. We are erasing the stigma and elevating and normalizing dialogue around mental health. Of course, we'll be sharing practical therapy tips, but most importantly, we'll be diving into the stories and vulnerability of people you know or want to know. I'm your host, Juliette Kuhnley. Who am I? Who am I? (laughs) This is deep. Um, I'm Matt Olin. I wasn't born in Charlotte, but I grew up here, so Charlotte's always been home. Uh, The first half of my career was spent in live professional theater. I produced a lot of stuff on Broadway, uh, off-Broadway, national tours, regional theater, et cetera. Anywhere I could put a show up. I produced shows in warehouses and in hotel rooms. Anywhere. I love it. Um, But eventually came back home and long story short, co-founded Charlotte is Creative, which is a nonprofit that I run with my co-founder, Charlotte uh, Tim Miner. And um, we are here to support the entire creative ecosystem of Charlotte, you know, individual creatives, merging creative organizations and businesses, making sure the conditions are here by which they can realize sustainable businesses and careers and, and just, um, you know, celebrating the creative spirit of Charlotte. The, the idea that Charlotte's a creative place has never really been a part of the story. It's that we're great at business and banking and raising families, but Charlotte is creative. We just yes. need to stitch that into the narrative. I love that. And I do believe as we get older, creativity can tend to get stifled out of us. Like we just, yeah. And so for you to really be fostering that and, you know, you know, from a mental health lens, creativity is just, it's so necessary. So I'm loving the passion of just getting it into the hands of everybody. It's so important. And it's one of, it's one of the great, uh, I think underutilized tools perhaps even in mental health, right? Because I mean, we've been working with, uh, in, in conversations with Foundation for the Carolinas and, and uh, Vernicia Crawford and some others, like talking about how do we wield the power of creativity inside the sort of youth mental health conversation? Um, and just this idea of using, sort of harnessing the power of creativity for self-expression mm. and self-realization and self-possession. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like there's just so much there That's right. that... It's not where we thought our work would be going, but it's definitely starting to merge into all the work that we're doing out there. So it's pretty exciting. I love that because that can be a real counter to self-consciousness that teens and tweens and and everything have. It is a wonderful tool of self-expression. Totally. Yes. So what are you willing to share with us, Matt, about your own mental health journey? I mean, I've, I definitely have invested a lot of time and a lot of money in my, my own mental health. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've had many different, you know, we've, I've lived a sort of nomadic life. So I've lived in a lot of different places. And, and throughout that time, I've had a lot of different um, counselors and therapists and coaches. Um, my wife, Sarah and I uh, have done and continue to do couples counseling. Um, for us, it's, we love it. We love those sessions. It's like, 
it's like getting a tune-up, you know, it's like just, yes. or making sure the check engine light doesn't come on more than it needs to, you know? Yes. So we find ourselves connecting on deeper levels in those rooms than, um, you know, then perhaps when people think about couples counseling, like, oh, it's red alert time. We have to go in and fix a problem. And for us, it's, we feel so blessed. It's maintenance, you know? That's, that's right. Really great. But yeah, tons of, tons of work for many years. I'm in a men's group right now which meets weekly. In fact, we're leaving for a retreat in a couple of days. And that is deep, deep work um, between, between men, you know, and that is like super vulnerable and scary and very fulfilling. And, you know, so lots of mental health work over here. Yes. And I love the words that you use. I mean, it is an investment. It is an investment in your wellness and in your future and in your connection with people. And I can hear your buy-in that vulnerability is worth it. I can, I can hear your belief in that. Uh Yes. Uh, I totally believe it. Even though parts of me um, don't want to believe it. Yes. (laughs) Those are the parts that are scared. You know, they don't want to get vulnerable. um, And so they try to convince me otherwise, but I try to send them to their room and (laughs) no, my essence uh, knows, right? That oh, vulnerability that. is key. Yeah. It's the bravest thing we can do. And I am super curious about how that shows up in a room full of men. You know, we talk so much about society uh, really sending the message that, you know, being emotional, being sensitive as a man is weak. And mm-hmm. so for you all to to be in a space that is intentionally about showing up and and going there I think that's really beautiful. It is very, very beautiful. These men are beautiful. Um, It is, it definitely pulls the rug out from underneath this idea of what a man is, Mm -hmm. um, which of course feeds into the toxic, toxic masculinity and all of that. Um, When you go to that level and have those types of conversations and that sort of support happening between men that are interested in involving themselves and helping others evolve, right? Like when you go to that level, then you start to realize, oh, this is a real man. Mm. You know, but it's not the picture that we've been fed for years. It's a completely, it just kind of flips everything. It's really, yes. I mean, when a man can sort of um, embrace their um, feminine energy, for example, just as an example, sure. like you, there's a way that they encounter that's sort of counterintuitive, but what I'm learning is that no, when, when, when a man can do that, it almost elevates their masculinity in some really interesting way. So I'm learning a lot. Yes. And unlearning a lot (laughs) and unlearning a lot. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So how does, I mean, because you are such an advocate, you know, for your own mental health work, how does it inform your work? with all of the Charlotte is creative and, and everything that you do? Well, I think it informs my work on a bunch of different levels. I mean, shooting from the hip, like if I'm going to be out there advocating for creatives to put their true selves out into the world, whether it's in their words or in their work, then I need to model that as well. So when I show up in a, in a hosting a creative mornings event or I'm in a room with other creatives, or I'm talking to elected officials advocating for the creative community, Mm. or I'm collaborating with people on community, creative community projects. I mean, whatever it is, if I'm not showing up as my true authentic real self, then I'm not walking the walk that we're doing all this work for to help others encourage others to do as well. So I think that's a big, big, big part of it. Um, 
I think I'm also in that way modeling, trying to model something for my daughter as well. Mm. I mean, she's also like your daughter. She's mm. eight years old. Mm. And um, that's quite a little turn turning point moment where oh, they're yeah. starting to get, a you know, sort of self-conscious about it. What does that person think of me? And so I'm trying to model for her this idea that it actually doesn't really matter. Mm. And I know that's such a hard thing to understand at that age, but you know, I've made the second half of my career in, in many ways, a lot of my career has been about getting out there and sometimes succeeding and sometimes falling flat on my face and making a fool of myself mm -hmm. and somehow celebrating both of those outcomes. <laughs> um, so I do try to bring all of that into the work that we're doing at, at Charlotte's Creative every day. Yes. And it isn't, it, it's, it's kind of removing the acting, I guess, that so many of us do as humans in different places and spaces that you just want to show up authentically as who you are to whatever that space is, parenting, career, you know, these groups, wherever it is. So that is a totally. wonderful thing to model for our kiddos. Oh, I think it's so important. And you're right. I mean, it's funny growing up, my creative self cracked open when I was a kid at Children's Theater of Charlotte. Mm. And, and so I fell in love as a kid with acting and realized as I got older that that's actually not where my chops are. My okay. chops are, are elsewhere. Um, but I know over time I've gotten to know and become very good friends with really, really amazing actors. And it's interesting to me that some of the best actors I know are the ones that really know themselves. They really, really know who they are. They're super, they have access to their emotions. Mm. And so um, I just, I love the paradox of like, the more authentic you are as a person, the, perhaps the better actor you are uh, in, in your craft. So Sure. And it seems so simple, but not an easy thing to achieve. Not an easy thing to achieve at all. So assuming that you weren't necessarily all, you know, just born into this idea of, um, I'm all about my mental health. <laughs> Can you identify a turning point in your life? Is there anything as you reflect, or maybe you knew it in the moment? You know, I think being around young emerging theater artists made me possibly predisposed to some mm. of this work, like being open, being curious about myself and others. I don't know. Some of that I think sure. comes with the territory of spending lots of time with, with thespians, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think part of that is um, that, that that's part of it. Yeah. Um, there were some rocky relationships that that happened for me in my 20s, uh, including a short lived marriage um, a fairly rocky relationship after that. And that was a roller emotional roller coaster that I think finally at long last sent me into therapy rooms, you know, where gotcha. I was sort of predisposed to the idea of getting curious about myself. But but then the pain of some of those relationships led to, Oh, finally, I'm going to start doing the hard work. Yes. Yes. It so, open, opens you up in a different way. Yeah. Opens you up in a different way. So yeah. no, maybe that's typical of a lot of your guests, but definitely it was some, some, uh, interesting relationships, uh, <laughs> that, um, that ultimately led to finally investing in, in therapy and counseling. Yes. So and kind of on another, another angle of reflecting upon your life too, are there any moments or experiences where you wish you could have just frozen time? Oh, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of moments and it does track back to my love of creativity and my love of performing, I guess. But I remember I was in there. I, I've done a lot of 
I play keyboards, but I play with my fists. Like it's very sloppy rock and roll keyboards, but I've been in a number of bands and some of those nights in bands mm. were dream come true type evenings where we're opening for a band, like we're opening for Ario Speedwagon. For what? And, and suddenly I'm playing to a full, a full theater of thousands of people and they don't know who my band is. All they know is we're opening for Ario Speedwagon. So they're screaming their heads off and I'm playing my thing. And I'm like, this is a dream come true. This moment, if I could freeze this moment in time, I'm yes. living a rock and roll fantasy in this moment. Oh. You know, we did the same for, we opened for Blondie. You know, that was an amazing evening. And wow. then I was in the, I was in the band for Actors Theater of Charlotte's production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. This was not the first time I was in the first one, but then they re brought it back the second year, I believe. Uh, this is back in the early aughts. And um, I remember the final performance, which everyone kind of thought this is the last time they're ever going to do the show. We played the opening number and Billy Ensley walked out as Hedwig and the audience was on their feet screaming and we literally couldn't continue with the show because they wouldn't let us. They just kept cheering and cheering and cheering uh, and cheering. And I was just moved to, yeah. I mean, I was just almost bawled on stage. Sure. So powerful. So yeah, some of those moments, uh, the power of music and the power of connection with an audience. That is exactly, music. yes. How I was going to summarize that gives me chills everywhere. I've just, and then, it, but you, you got to experience that, but then also not with all of the craziness that can come with, you know, the rock yeah, star. Yeah, just, fame. A moment, right? yeah. just a touch, just a taste. Just that enough is amazing. To say. Wow. Very cool. Um, what are your go-to uh, self-care activities? Well, my wife and I have learned a lot of um, tricks and tools over the years, um, you know, interesting dialogue exercises where I can feel like I'm truly being heard and, and empathized with and validated and vice versa, sort of mirroring, mirroring exercises with, our, with conversation. Mm -hmm. um, we're just meditating with her. Like certainly we, you know, she, when I met Sarah in Brooklyn, that's where we met, um, she was big into the Kundalini yoga world, mm -hmm. which comes with lots of meditation and chanting and things like that. So of course I wanted to win her over. So I got into Kundalini yoga. Like you do, like you do. Yeah. And definitely found that it is awesome. Like when you sit down and commit to even five minutes of meditation, like it can change the course of your day. Um, so that's huge for me. And then just listening to music, man, like really, really good music can completely lift a fog or energize me or just kind of recast the way the rest of my day is going to go. Yes. Who are your go-to bands or artists? Um, right now I'm listening to a lot of classical guitar, interestingly mm -hmm. enough. Okay. Um, but I love piano based stuff. I love Radiohead. I love Bruce Hornsby. I love um, U2. I mm -hmm. love Nina Simone. Mm -hmm lots of jazz, like Keith Jarrett. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just yeah. really amazing artists. Right. And sometimes it really is dependent on mood, right? It kind of what you're looking for, what energy you're looking for. Yeah. And I love totally. the meditation, the point you made about meditation. I mean, it's, it can be hard sometimes as a therapist to try to convince clients, you know, um, you should try this because it, for so many people, it seems so woo woo. 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, and those of us, I was this person where no, my brain is just too busy. My brain's too noisy. I I can't sit there, you know, so I'm the person who really does need it. And, um, so I'm glad that you found a way in, even if it was just to win the girl, but then (laughs) you figured you found the value in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had ulterior motives, but it played out really nicely for me. (laughs) I, I did discover the value in it. And it was also about sort of relearning what, what quote unquote successful meditation was. I mean, it's Mm. not like I find myself floating on air. It's, it is partly realizing that you have a bunch of thoughts in your head and you just notice them, you know? So it's just, it's kind of, um, I don't know, like the bar was set too high. And then I had to realize that's not the, that's not what we're going for here. We're going for some some moments of peace. Yes. It is Mm. not about achieving that Zen, but learning to observe everything that's going on. And over time you might get there, but yes, it's that observation. That's the skill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who do you have any go-to mentors or or people that, you know, are your, are inspirational to you? Um, So yes, absolutely. I mean, I would say certainly I got to say my parents, cause they're mm-hmm. huge. I'm also incredibly inspired by my wife and what everything she's building out in the world. Um, my co-founder at Charlotte's creative Tim minor is a huge source of inspiration. And I don't know, like I just grow from working in collaboration with him and we met 35 years ago in high school. Wow. I mean, so we've known each other, we've been tight for years and I still learn from him every single day. I have a friend named David Cornu, who's a writer out in LA and he's been my longest friend. We met in preschool Mm. and he is a, you know, he's on that short list of people like you need someone to talk to, Mm. you need to get out of your head. You need to look at something in a whole new way. Like it doesn't matter if it's about writing or something completely different. I can call David and he'll give me that time and he'll have me see something in a whole new way. And man, if we have two people in our life that we can turn to for those types of conversations, we are set. It is an embarrassment of riches, you know? So those are some, and then there are people that just support us. I mean, it's people like Charlie Elberson who runs the re-emprise fund here in in Charlotte. He's one example of someone who's incredibly, I mean, the mentor energy he brings to our relationship and has for years, is Mm -hmm. just, you can't put a value on it. It's so it's priceless. Mm Mm-hmm. And knowing your people. And it sounds again, like you, you, again, just, you recognize the value in it and you, oh, and, you yeah. lean, and you lean into it. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm admiring. Yeah. Is hearing you talk about these people. I think it's, it's important for folks to get really, really spend some time thinking who are those people that I can turn to and almost without fail, I'll have their attention. They'll give me good feedback and I trust them. Mm-hmm. And you know, people that when I leave a conversation with them, I always leave energized. Mm. I always leave grateful that I had the conversation. And, you know, I could actually say a lot of people fit that bill, but there's just, there's a handful that are at the very, very top of the list and they are absolute gold. They're just treasures to me. Mm-hmm. So those, I would consider them my, my mentors in yes. many ways. That's lovely. And when, when meditating or even just when you kind of need to hype yourself up, any go-to quotes or mantras that resonate with you? Um, I love one that my therapist has taught me, which is that we're only as sick as our secrets. We're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. And that just gets back to this idea of being vulnerable and sharing. I can't tell you like the number of times that I've been holding on to something that I just was too scared or embarrassed or ashamed to share with anybody. Mm-hmm. And then when I find that person to share it with, it's like, Oh my <laughs> God, the, the weight 
freedom that just lifts. Yeah. Yeah. So I do quite love the truth that is, that is in that, that adage that we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess another one is this book that I read years ago called feel the, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. And, you know, I read that at a pivotal moment in my life and I was really scared to do something. And then I did it anyway. Um, I guess the book worked uh, based on the title, but just as a, as a phrase, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've told myself that over and over and over again, just right. feel the fear and do it anyway. That's right. And know what different kinds of fear. Sure. You know, if I'm scared to do this because I think I might kill myself, eh, right. maybe I should listen to that fear. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if I'm just scared because I'm afraid that I might make a fool of myself or someone might or judge fail or, mm-hmm. or fail, that's the fear you want to lean into. And, and I've done that many, many times with, with practice. Yes. Yes. Taking the opposite action to that fear, carrying it with you, doing it anyway. What else would you add just around the conversation of mental health and, and the fact that more people are willing to kind of own their struggles and their journeys. I feel this year more than ever, since we've all experienced this collective trauma together. Um, yeah. So anything else you'd add? I mean, it's just so important that you're having these conversations and doing the work of breaking down the stigma of what therapy and counseling and, and things like that are and the value they can bring. I mean, this, this idea of being ashamed or or afraid of it, we've got to break that down because everyone, if I, if I could wave my wand, everyone would have be in therapy or counseling. And I don't know how you just differentiate between the two, but I I kind of just kind of rightly or wrongly gathering, putting them together. Everyone needs it. We all need it. We all have baggage. We all have demons. We all have things we're ashamed of, you know, things that happened to us growing up. Every single one of us, dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, fraud, syndrome, mm-hmm. all of it. And some more than others, but like, I think we all need it. And I think the more we can talk openly and about it, hopefully it'll encourage other people to say, you know what, why not? I, you know, yes. they're doing it. Right? I'll do it. You are speaking and, my language. That's it. Yeah. So I just, I love it. And the other thing I'd say is just, you know, also know that every person is creative. Um, Mm. You know, we subscribe to a really broad definition of creativity. It's not just people that do amazing things with pain and musicians and actors and fiber artists and dancers. I mean, on and on, not, you know, traditional artists are obviously creative, but it turns out we're all incredibly creative people, every single one of us. And it's just about how you define creativity. You know, we can be creative in the way that we run our businesses or grow our families or serve our community. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all ways that these are opportunities to, to be creative and to bring creative thinking into the world. And so I just always want to encourage people to don't think about creativity the way you probably were taught, you know, um, mm-hmm. kind of like we were talking with masculinity, right? Yes. Break, to, throw all that out the window yes. and start fresh. And, you know, we can help too. folks can come to creative mornings and realize that, yes. oh, yeah, there's creativity all around us and, and inside of us, too. So I love that. Just ha- people having their own agency to realize like you get to, to change the rules or make your own definitions, you know, <laughs> so that's 100%. creativity as a strength. I mean, as you're saying that, too, like I'm sure you have people got asked you guys a lot, like, how do, how do I find the creativity in me? I mean, what you know, and I know how I would an- answer that sort of therapeutically. But when what comes to you off the cuff, just when I ask you that. I think part of it is just... I'm not a painter. I'm not a singer. I'm not a, you know, that stuff. Like that, that's what people say. 
Yeah, I know. They put these, they put the blinders on. They're like, oh, if I'm going to get creative, it has to be in these ways. And I can't draw a straight line. So this is not going to work well for me. It's not going to work out well for me. Um, so number one, it's about redefining what creativity is, which is just this way of seeing the world. Mm-hmm. You know, am I willing to see the world and approach my life in it in, in a way that's innovative, that doesn't just get in line because, you know, but just you know, that you're showing up as yourself in the world and you're not afraid to express yourself in whatever way you want, in whatever way you want. How do you get involved in your community to, to sort of make it a better place to live for everyone? You know, really sort of rolling up our sleeves and getting our uniform dirty and making a place that feels like home. I think the only way you do that is you get involved. And we can bring creative energy to all of that work in the community as well, each and every one of us. Um, and I think it's just like encouraging folks to just reach out and connect with with each other too. I mean, I think, I don't know, we, we get so isolated, whether it's because of social media or even people who are creatives, right? They get isolated because they have to hold up to get their work done yes. or to get it out of them. And that creates feelings of isolation and detachment. And so we have to be really intentional about reaching out to people that fuel us and that feed us and that mm-hmm. inspire us. And I'm telling you, if you do that with, with more and more frequency in your life that it'll unlock creative energy in you, in you and it'll, it'll come out in the way that it's meant to come out. Yeah. I love that. Just, there is this, 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 um, this image, this, this image of the tortured artist. I mean, that is a, that's a real thing. And one could say that's a cliche and it probably is a cliche, although there are plenty of let's call them tortured artists. Out sure. And that's fine. Like that's a part of the, cast of people in the world. Um, so that is not the only way that one has to access their creativity and to sort of open it up and let it flow. Um, there are tons of other ways. So you don't have to have necessarily be playing off of um, a trauma or some other thing to unlock creativity. You know, this is why we're, everything we do is about connection too, because we really believe that if you invest in connecting with others and connecting with your community and really just like really being intentional about creating authentic connections that are driven by curiosity, then that also unlocks creative energy that you can then point at anything you want in your life. You can point that toward an artistic discipline if you want, but you can also bring that energy into your job, into your work, into your family, into your community. So I think it's, it's about realizing that there are tons of ways to spring that trap. And yes, you know, diving into some childhood trauma mm-hmm. is one way of springing that trap and getting, you know, unleashing energy and, and, and pouring it into expre- creative expression. But there are lots of other ways to spring that trap too. And connection is a big, big, big part of that, I think. Agree. We use the term toxic masculinity to really include cultural pressures for boys and men to behave in a certain way. It refers to this idea that we have, um, we know what manliness really is. And so I love how Matt really addresses this head on, how it's something that has to be unlearned and taught differently in our society. And so if we take Brene Brown, who's, you know, in my opinion, the queen of vulnerability, let's take her definition. So vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. 
It's that unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone or do something that forces us to loosen control. And so it's not just talking about your feelings, but it's about showing your true self. And this is hard for most of us in in any way. And so take into account then societal messaging around boys who cry or are tender or sensitive. And it just adds on to the layers of uh, kind of hiding that then takes place or refusal to be authentic or open in these ways. So we want to unlearn that, all of us. And so again, let's go back to Brene Brown and some of her lessons about how to learn how to be vulnerable and this goes for any of us. So it includes not bottling up our emotions, which means we have to increase our self-awareness. So being able to observe and label and name what is going on for us as far as our emotional experience. And again, this is a skill to learn because it's not just happy, sad, mad, afraid. And there are so many layers that we can uh, learn in our emotional language to increase our emotional IQ. It also, I mean, it's the bravest thing we can do to be vulnerable. So that, to understand that vulnerability takes courage, maybe could help you give yourself some permission to understand the leaning in and the learning that has to be done around that process to be able to show up and face your fear and move forward. Uh, Brene talks also about seeking excellence and not perfection. And then really just this overarching theme of daring to be yourself Can you just imagine how badass it would be if we allowed ourselves to just be ourselves and show up that way? Understanding that, okay, not everybody's going to accept it or like it, or, you know, there may be some critique, but guess what? We can handle that because us bringing our unique selves to the world is a superpower. So is there something you can challenge yourself to do this week to just dip your toe in the water of vulnerability? Maybe you start with going to watch Brene's TED Talk on the power of vulnerability. It's a really good place uh, to start learning about what this really means. And maybe you can also challenge yourself to do something creative this week. And there's probably some vulnerability in that because again, we tend to define creativity a certain way. So try to let go of any fear of failure, rejection, or... Uh, some idea of what the product must look like and think of something creative to do and have fun with it. Thanks for joining guys. So who you calling crazy? I think you mean human. We are removing the stigma y'all say it loud and proud. Yep. I go to therapy. Again, huge thank you to our sponsor, Blooming Smiles Pediatric Dentistry. Just check out the Google reviews for Dr. Arpita Patel to see how great she is with kids. They truly offer a holistic approach to ensure for every patient the well-being of mind, body, and spirit.